UTA Radio. UTA Radio. Radio. UTA. UTA Radio. Idaat. UTA. UTAradio.com. Dot com. Talking with Susanna Joffe. Joffe, did I say that correctly? Yes, good job. You did. Most people don't get that right. <laughs> Coming to us from Austin, Texas, which is near and dear to our heart here at UTA Radio. And uh, I understand that uh, you are, you're a Texan, right? You grew up in Austin. Yes, I have been in Austin since I could like walk and, you know, I'm leaving soon to go to New York, which is really scary because I've been here my entire life. But being able to play shows here and kind of develop my career here has been surreal for like little baby me. Okay, I think you're just giving us some breaking news here. You're going <laughs> to New York. What's going on in New York? Um, I It honestly just comes down to the fact that like every other person on the planet, I have dreamed about living there since I was young. And I know that I want to return home to Austin when I'm older, but I feel like I need to kind of see more of the world. And I love New York with my whole heart. So, Well, you started, my understanding is you, you started your musical journey when you were pretty young uh, in your yeah. in your teens, right? How did you get started? So I, so we, my family moved to Austin when I was like three or four years old because my dad wanted to pursue songwriting. And so just like growing up, my dad was taking me to songwriting competitions, to like live gigs and whatnot. And was always like singing and writing around the house. And so my parents kind of figured out that I could sing when I was pretty young. And then my dad started writing songs with me when I was in high school and we would like go record some stuff in Nashville or local producers and kind of like put it out kind of just for fun. Like it wasn't really that serious. And then I kind of just had a light bulb moment when I was like a sophomore, junior in college where I was like, this isn't just a hobby, actually. Like, I think this is like what I'm meant to do. Right. And, and, and when you're, when you're writing, you know, some songwriters tend to have certain, I guess, a style of it. Some are observational, some write about stuff that's happening to them. Where are you on that songwriting landscape? I'm, so it's actually really interesting. I'm definitely like, I write about what happens to me. Like I've used songwriting as an outlet to kind of explore and navigate my own experiences and like emotions. And it's been a really helpful tool for me because I think I'm someone like I bottle stuff down a lot and it's really hard for me to like understand and like process things in real time. And so songwriting has been like an incredible tool for me to do that. But when I songwrite with my dad, like we still co-write sometimes and he is very much like from an observational perspective because a lot of the time, like he writes about like things he sees going on in my life or like just makes things up and writes about them. And, um, so when we like kind of join forces, I think it makes it even like more special. Nice. Uh, we are playing the punch right here at UTA radio and um, striking uh, with that because it's got a, just a, it's just got a nice feel to it. I mean, you listen to it, you're just like, that is the kind of stuff that we're going for that, that indie vibe, if you will. Right. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that song uh, and uh, the okay. meaning behind that. So I wrote that song last like winter, I believe, or last spring. I wrote it right after Valentine's Day. Um, needless to say, I had a really bad Valentine's Day. Oh. And then I went and wrote this song. And I think, you know, I've been going through this breakup and a lot of the songs I've been writing were very 
just like kind of sad, a little, like I was putting a lot of the blame on myself, I think. Um, and just in all those songs, I was like trying to figure out what I did wrong, like what happened. And I was just like mourning this like immense loss. And then I think the punch was kind of like this thing had gone on in my personal life that was like the final straw for me. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. It was not my fault. And it was kind of like an angry declaration of like, I'm done with it. Like I, this is not my fault and I'm moving on. And kind of like a final like screw you and but at a larger level I think it's really just about this like feeling that I've always had in every relationship that like I always like putting all of myself into people and like loving people so hard and like wanting something like serious and meaningful and it seems like everyone my age is just looking for this high or the punch if you will of like the fun part and then kind of like discarding me after like not really like not there for the right reasons. And the song's just kind of about that, really. Your relationships uh, seem to factor into your music and, and, and maybe not that, but also sexuality mm-hmm. uh, as well. And, and a lot of, uh, some of your songs uh, seem to hit a, a really big chord with the LGBTQA community. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so that has definitely, I think with my first EP, which The Punch is included on, the EP is actually titled The Punch. Um, it really is kind of like a clear breakup album. And I think that that is really important to me because I know growing up, like I didn't hear like any songs that were from women to women. And I have noticed just that like people connect with the music so much because there isn't a ton of like gay breakup songs out there. And I think also like in terms of just like queer music, I think it's really kind of just fallen into two genres where it's this very like soft singer songwriter, kind of like Phoebe Claro vibe. And then it's kind of this like hyper pop or like just really kind of like mainstream pop, like Hayley Kiyoko Fletcher both of which are incredibly talented, but like, I feel like there hasn't been anything that kind of falls in the middle. And that genre, like the kind of middle space is starting to grow more. And I feel like my EP occupies that space as well. But I think like coming out was incredibly momentous for me and it made it possible for me to write these songs and like start writing on my own. And I think being able to put out this like holy P that's literally just gay breakup songs has been really incredible and really meaningful to me and to others and my next EP that I'm working on is definitely kind of veering from that it's not necessarily just focusing on like my queerness or like gay relationships or breakups it's kind of like reflecting on growing up but I think there's definitely always going to be some of that in my music because it's so important to me that there is just like way more representation in terms of like the stories we're being that are being told. Well, last month was was a big uh, big month, especially in the middle of the month at South by Southwest, right? Yes, yeah, South and, by was crazy. And you played it, and South by Southwest was back in full force after a couple of years of mm-hmm. not having it. And and how did you get on the bill? Talk about being invited to do that. Well, I mean, the way it works, at least from my knowledge, is like I applied. Okay. And then I got an email, <laughs> and they were like, "We want you to play." And, you know, I have an incredible team of people helping support me and helping make sure that I get the most, like the best gigs that I can get. And I happened to, you know, I was invited to play some incredible gigs. I 
played a Rolling Stone showcase at um, 310 ACL Live, which was insanely surreal. Like I was on a bill with some like Girl Pool, Japanese Breakfast, Geese, like incredible indie bands. So that we, was- We play them. Yeah, we know them. Yeah, they're amazing. That was really kind of an insane experience for me. I definitely had- imposter syndrome out the wazoo with that whole situation but like oh no they're gonna find out I'm a fraud right yeah I was like they must have made a mistake there's no way I'm supposed to be here but that was really fun it was a packed house um and then I played I opened for Houndmouth on the final like night of ACL at like the outdoor stage and that was really crazy because it was the first kind of like festival-esque stage I'd played on and it was just so many people. And that was um, like a really important moment for me because I think it really just kind of like honed it in that like I, this is what I want to do with my life. Was that the largest crowd you've ever played to? Definitely, yeah. I think before that I had played for my Antone's show, there were 400 people. And I think maybe for the Rolling Stone show, there was like 500. And I think for this show, there's at least like, 2000 probably I would think so I've seen the pictures and it looked like a lot of people yeah it was so so fun like I like going from that to being back in school was like the hardest transition of my life all right well you you mentioned some of the uh artists that uh you you played with but um uh who who do you listen to uh maybe for inspiration or yeah I I, the way I listen to music is so odd to people because I go through like phases where I will just listen to like three artists for three months and then another few artists like hyper fixate for a few months. And that's kind of just like how I've always listened to music. So I think I like just get really obsessed with it. And so if I had to like look back on the artists I think have inspired me the most and are continually inspiring me, um, I think Claro and her immunity album specifically was really formative to like the music I want to make and how I wanted to sound. And in that album, I feel like she plays so much with genre. And I was like, I want to do that. Like, I don't want to stick to just one sound. Um, and I love her songwriting in that album as well. And so I really, um, that was a really formative album for me as a songwriter. And I think now I've, I have like a whole Spotify playlist on my phone of like songs that are inspiring my next EP. And it's a lot of like Biba Doobie, Soccer Mommy. Mm -hmm. Like there's a few snail mail songs on there because my girlfriend's obsessed with snail mail. (laughs) And um, I'm trying to think what else. Like, yeah, it's honestly, it's like, I'll just listen to music in my Discover Weekly. And if I like a song, I just like, I add it in there and I listen to it. Um, you're just naming off our, our playlist here at UTA radio, which is, which is awesome, which is great. You know, that is, I'm honored to be included among them. Uh, do you have, do you ever get, or have you gotten, uh, someone who is, uh, maybe wants to hear your music and they hear that you're from Texas and they don't expect necessarily the music you're getting and they kind of expect some country-ish vibe? No, definitely. I think kind of just like in conversation when I will, like run in like during South by like if I ran into an industry person or just in general if people are like oh you're a musician like you're from Texas they they always assume that it's like a singer songwriter country R&B fusion type thing going on and because I mean I definitely am inspired like even subconsciously inspired by that sound because it's what I grew up listening to and I think it's some of my songs like my stuff my earlier stuff for sure like you can definitely tell 
but I think people are surprised when they listen to my music and they're like oh wait no this is like more of like an indie pop indie rock fusion thing like and I think that space is growing more in Austin like very slowly but surely but I think people outside of Texas like when they hear I'm from Texas they're like yeah you know like people still think we ride horses to school so it's true true <laughs> I think that's one of the things that uh, attracted us to you was hearing that song hearing the punch and going okay she's from Austin but it sounds like oh, something like else you know yeah. like interesting so that was really interesting so in going to New York, you know, some people want to go to L.A. Uh, yeah. you know, for their music career or maybe even Nashville. How do you think New York can can help you continue your ascent? Well, I think one thing is like I've definitely been a little in my head. It's like, is this a wrong career choice? Like, should I be going to Nashville? Should I be going to L.A.? But during South by like almost half the bands that I saw were straight out of Brooklyn mm. ones that were like doing really well like pom-pom squad Brooklyn geese Brooklyn sunflower bean they're from Brooklyn so many bands are from, I'm pretty sure girl pool lives in Brooklyn now I mean they're from LA I believe but like just there's so much music emerging out of Brooklyn and I think there's so many connections to be made there and people to work with creatively and I think I am really trying to lean more into like an indie space and I think that Brooklyn is a perfect place to do that. And I think regardless of where I am, like, you know, obviously pandemic, worst thing to happen to anyone ever, but we can do things via Zoom now, like pretty easily. And so it doesn't matter where I'm gonna be, like I'm still gonna be meeting with people. And, you know, I'm hoping in the fall to be going on some kind of tour type situation. So I think I'll be moving around a lot, no matter where I am. And I'm like, I would rather be in a place where I feel like constantly inspired if I'm going to be moving around a lot regardless. And um, I think New York is the place that's going to do that for me. Well, you teased us a little bit earlier saying that uh, your your next uh, batch of new songs, your next EP, you said. So how far along are you in um, getting that uh, completed? I'm actually going to Nashville and working with a producer that I'm so incredibly excited about. And we're recording two or three songs to start with and then going to kind of take it from there. I mean, I have like enough songs where I think I could record literally like four albums because I've just been like writing so much. So it's definitely going to be hard, like picking and choosing the ones that are going to make it on this EP. But I think that this EP is going to be a lot different from my previous one and a lot better. Awesome. Well, you're great. So nothing but success to you, uh, Susanna. <laughs> we, we certainly appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for playing my music and talking with me. This was so nice. The preceding program is a production of utaradio.com and the Department of Communication. Thank you for listening.